Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion and Kenny, and we're going to be talking about Butterfly and Sword, a 1993 film directed by Michael Mock. It stars Tony Leung, Michelle Yeoh, Jimmy Lin, Joey Wong, and Donnie Yen. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a wuxia film that's uh, based on the same material as Killer Clans, a, 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 a gulong story that's essentially inspired by The Godfather, but it feels almost nothing like Killer Clans, in my opinion. And it's essentially about a sect war, but in this version, they really focus a lot more on this love triangle uh, between uh, the Michelle Yeoh, Donnie Yen, and Tony Lung characters, and Joey Wong, I guess, a kind of a triangle or a square, I don't know. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we'll talk about that this evening. Before we st start, I do want to just mention, we have a, a Patreon, and you guys can support us there, so uh, we'll post a link, and, and, and feel free to contribute whatever you can. It helps us get DVDs and, you know, other things that we need to do these occasionally, so we always appreciate the support. Um, all right, so guys, uh, what did you think of the film before we get into the discussion? Um... It was alright, I guess. Um, I I can't really you know find anything to rant and rave about how amazing it was. So, uh, but at the same time, like it, other than a bit of confusion uh, in the plot, um, I didn't really have any complaints about it either. So it, it feels like one of those movies where you just sort of watch it once and go, "Ah, oh, was alright," and then just never touch again. Dion, how about you? I don't feel the same way about it as Kenny did. I've watched it several times, but it, nothing really, really stood out to me to like rant and rave about and to gush over. Um, it just, I had to keep watching it because I kept forgetting it. And now that I've watched it even this week, I'm still not quite sure about it. It was a little confusing. Um, at the beginning and there are some parts that I remember really well and then there are other parts I just don't remember at all like I more remember the characters and the way they made me feel than I remember the plot of the movie itself yeah this this is kind of an odd one like I always have fonder memories of the movie than than like when I sit down to actually watch it it's it always they're they're it always it's only an hour and 30 minutes or something but it always feels a bit longer than that. I think it's an enjoyable movie but it had it just has these moments that kind of drag on a little bit and it also sometimes feels a little bit standard to me. Uh like like it's it's one of these films that could kind of get lost in the mix of other 90s wuxia films. Uh th there are a few things about it that I particularly like though. I did like um you know Michelle Yeoh's uh, performance in this as a character like just the sort of the um the 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 sort of the love triangle aspect of that character I, I feel she did a really good job with and i liked a lot of the action sequences so i think it's a good movie to go back to just to watch the action sequences sometimes because it has a lot of these sort of like you know uh, it, it's like you you have no doubt that you're in a flying swordsman movie from the very beginning of the film um and so that throughout the film it's just that kind of fight choreography but but I would I would tend to agree that it's a um, it's one of these movies that it uh, it's sort of like I have to I, 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 I it's not quite like you watch it once and done like I've gone back and watched it again just like Dion has said but I always kind of have to muster up a little bit of energy to do it whereas Killer Clans I can just pop that in and watch it do you know what I mean it's not 
it's it, there, there's like a little bit of a resistance before I want to sit down and watch the film. And I think it's because I know there are those somewhat dull moments that I'm going to have to sit through. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what, what did you guys think of the, uh, you know, I guess one of the things that's really striking to me about this movie when I see it is it's got some really over the top, uh, techniques in it. You know, there's a, there's a scene where, where a character like is firing swords with a bow shaft and there's a, a later scene where a character literally fires himself as if as if he's being fired by a bow but it's it's Michelle Yeoh's um robe hem that's sort of just being drawn and pulled taut and then not only is he being fired through the air by a person but he he plows through another character's body and kills him um so I'm just curious you know what you guys thought of that aspect of the fight choreography definitely a rule of cool if it's if it looks cool then do it why the hell not right but, like so there's so in the very beginning of the movie like the first sort of fight scene we have uh, when um tony dan's character was, was robbing the caravan or ca- capturing the official like there's a part where he uses a bow to fire his sword right but he has a sword blade resting on his on, on the back of his hand and i'm just thinking oh you're gonna fire a sword at high speed with the, with the, the sharp bit against your hand like you're just gonna cut yourself open but i just I, when they actually you know when, when he actually fired that and it was really cool the way he, he manages to capture it and was like okay fine whatever I'll, I'll overlook it but it did get a bit ridiculous this is definitely a movie <laughs> you have to you have to leave your brain well it's funny because a lot of the movie actually requires a brain but but a lot of it requires that you not use your brain do you know what i mean like the like we were talking about how some of the plot points are a little bit confusing and you kind of need to really follow along if you want to catch everything but but like you're saying and i didn't even notice that detail but i remember it now that the sword would definitely have cut his hand um and and you know there are a lot of moments like that in the in in the movie um but uh but yeah Dion, what do you think yeah i totally agree i'm not even remembering the fight choreography until you you bring up certain instances because to me it just didn't it didn't stand out and it didn't like make an impression on me I was more impressed with the characters and their portrayals of the characters than I was actually of like the fight choreography. Okay, no, that's that's interesting because because it's one of the things. Like I said, I, I find a lot of the a lot of the downtime moments in this kind of cause it to drag on. But at the same time, when I actually do sit down to watch it, uh, those are that is sort of where more of the compelling stuff is going on in terms of story development and characters, um, and the, you know and and so like you know there, there's a, there's like a, a lot of scenes involving Joey Wong and Tony Lung and Donnie Yen and Co sort of in the um, you know in 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 the homestead there, um, and so you know it's but I I guess I guess my my criticism of that stuff is that it's. Uh, it sometimes it doesn't it doesn't um i don't know it's it 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 just it just kind of i i feel like i'm more interested in the action than i am in that stuff in this in this film and i'm the complete opposite i was more interested in what was happening between the people and the relationships than i was in the action 
Because I think the action became not frivolous, but over the top, the things that they were doing. So it didn't affect me as much, but I was more intrigued with the four of them and how they related to each other. Well, there was this really great scene where, where Michelle Yeoh is confronted by Tony Lung's character and it's like on the heels of like there's there's a member of their group who disappeared 10 years ago and apparently she actually had because the background here is that Michelle Yeoh plays a woman named Ko who is kind of the leader of this this uh, this what, what are they called the 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 happy forest um, and they started out as orphans basically and she was just the oldest and led them but she's ne- she's now sort of ascending and becoming potentially the leader of the martial world and she sent uh, one of their one of their sort of early core group members on this secret mission and didn't tell anybody and she, the woman gets killed as a result and he confronts her and there and and she, and she starts crying in front of him and it's clear that you know she says like you know that she doesn't you know she doesn't she's never cried in front of anybody before um and it, and i thought that scene was particularly striking and effective so there are a lot of moments like that in the film um and 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 i think that the uh i think that the you know if i'm going to comp- contrast this with killer clans i think one of the things that this movie doesn't do as well as killer clans does is it doesn't quite like something about the this is basically about a sect war right and and we see lots of evidence of that over the course of the movie they're planning they're doing all kinds of thing but for some reason i don't feel as immersed in the sect war as i did in killer clans it's not the focus in this in this movie i feel like in killer clans that they spent way more time talking about each sect and the war that they were having with each other and the people trying to get to the top. In this one, it was more focused on the relationship between the four or, well, Adam Butterfly, I don't think, was a member of the, the Happy Forest, but it was more centered on the, the, four, the four of them and their relationship with each other, and even though Ko was trying to be the most powerful of the um, in the martial world, she still felt something for um, Tony's character, and then Donnie Yen's character was in love with her, but Tony was in love with Butterfly, and it was so complicated that to me it it that was more the focus of the film it wasn't the clan wars were like in the background for me no and i think this movie does that aspect of the film better because um because like i said it does do a good job with the love story it's just that maybe that's sometimes the problem i have with the movie is i'm focusing on the wrong aspect of it because now that you mentioned that I, it's sort of like, you know, when you look at like one of those images where you have like a, a square and somebody tells you, you know, are you look is, is it like, uh, are you, are, is, you know, like, uh, is it, uh, turned over or is it facing you? And depending on what your brain is doing, it'll, it'll pop either right. way. I feel like this is maybe kind of similar where I was, I was trying to interpret all of the sect war stuff as the main meat of the movie. Um, and that's why I kept getting bored when it would transition to the love story, but it's really the, the love story that I should have been focused on. Um, and, and do you think that's because maybe you went into the movie knowing that it was about, it, that the you know, source material was about a sect war, and 
or as for me, because going into this sort of fresh, and I don't think I've actually watched Killer Clans, so I have a completely sort of fresh view of this story and no knowledge of the source, and all I see is more the love story than than the sect war or intrigue in the government, that type of thing. I mean, I saw this before Killer Clans. I saw this renting it, I think, from Blockbuster ages ago. And at the time, I probably just, you know, absorbed it all and didn't really think much about, about it because I had no idea who Gu Long was. I didn't know about Killer Clans. Um, but, uh, but, I, but I always I always just sort of, like, every time I get the urge to see this movie, I think of that homestead in the woods. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to watch a bunch of scenes at the homestead in the woods. And that's sort of the thing that kind of deters me from popping it in the DVD player. Um, you know, it's, I, I do, I do rewatch it from time to time. But mainly it's because I want to get through that stuff to see the fight scenes. Um, but but I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think um, I, I think when I was told that this and Killer Clans were based on the same source material, I w- my mind was blown because I, I, you really don't see much parallel unless you unless you're familiar with the the story. Uh, either from the source material itself or if you've watched them both a million times and even even with that like i i find they they handle it so differently they 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 don't feel like they don't feel like they're the same story at all do i mean do you have the same experience dion or do you feel differently about it no i i have the same experience i didn't know they were uh, from the same source material until you told me after I had watched it twice. And then I was like, really? I really need to watch these two movies back to back so I can get a better sense. But I never really had the um, the chance to do that. And they do feel like two completely different movies. I would have never have guessed. Like when Cheng Che would remake one of his kind of movies you could see the elements very closely related to the original one he did. But here it's just like, yeah, they were two separate movies to me. I would have never believed they were based on the same source material if it hadn't been said by you, because I, you know, think of you as a reliable source. And I had two other people in my, um, in my Facebook groups tell me the same thing. So, yeah, I yeah, would have never believed it. And there's a partial translation of the story available at SPCNet. So, you, you know, like I've, I've gone in and read that, but you don't get the whole story because it's only partial, unless somebody's finished it since the last time I checked it out. Um, but I just, I mean, they're just totally different movies. Like Killer Clans, uh, Kenny, it's 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 basically The Godfather is is sort of what Killer Clans is, and okay. this movie feels nothing like The Godfather. Um, there's a lot of similar core elements, but even those are changed. Like um, in Killer Clans, there the butterfly character is the object of both of the swordsmen's affection, mm-hmm. and, and in this one, it's one of them is in love with uh, butterfly, one of them is in love with Ko, Ko is in love with the one who is in love with butterfly, and I might be missing something in the equation here, but like you know, it's a it's a, it's a you know, there, the, the, at the end of the day, there, there are two characters who, who, who are experiencing unrequited love, um, and and so that's sort of the the thing that that drives it. In Killer Clans, the character that Donnie Yen plays is 
uh, is sort of a shattered man because he was in love with Butterfly, and he uh, because of this thing that happened, he he can't he can't have her, and he can never be with her, and and he's just sort of you know he basically is on the uh, on the cusp of death just because you know just existentially he's just uh, he just doesn't he just doesn't have any fight left in him it seems, um, and the co character is a totally different. Uh, uh, um, person in uh, in Killer Clans, um, but but yeah, so I don't know. Um, I think one of these days we'll. Uh, so wait, have we not done Killer Clans on the show then? I feel like it was on the list at some point. Um, maybe it's yeah, one of the ones I missed. Like I've, I've definitely heard it come up a few times already. So. Um, but I don't remember watching it, so maybe it just wasn't one of the ones that I was on. Yeah, I don't. I maybe mean, we'll have to check that because if we have it, we should remedy it. But uh, but I don't know. I mean, you know, aside from you know some of some of those negative things, I do. There there are a lot of things that I do like about the movie. Um, one of them is the uh, uh, and I get this with a lot of '90s wusha, but this one in particular, I tended to notice it is a lot of the 90s wuxia to me feels kind of like a horror movie. It's got like that, like at, like every once in a while they get this creepy music going, especially when there's like a, like 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 in an old, like like I don't know, like if you go watch like an old Shaw Brothers movie, the the big old grandmaster is always like ferocious and powerful. But in the, in the 90s ones, they make them extremely terrifying. Do you know what I mean? There's like something really creepy about these these old powerful masters and the way that it's shot, the mood, the the way that the guys tend to look, it just all looks really creepy and scary. And I think they they did the, like with the eunuch at the end of the in the final battle, they kind of got that here. He was more gross than creepy to me. Um, I guess it was his decrepitness, the the contrast, I, don't know. I guess, of his the way he looks and the way the, what he was pulling off. Yes. Definitely. Because he was a bit like... He, he was a bit like skeletal, I'd say. <laughs> and... Um, he reminded... Okay. I was going to say, he just re- kind of reminded me something about him, reminded me of the, the Crypt Keeper from yeah. um, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Um, I was never spooked or creeped out by him. I just thought he was gross. <laughs> Yeah, I I, fi- I find these guys kind of scary. Like something about the way that they present them. I, I same in Swordsman Two. The uh, the one one of the clan leaders in Swordsman Two is also kind of a similar type of guy. And and I notice they use similar vi- visuals where the guy will extend both hands and kind of like their hands will be out like that. I know the listeners can't see, but you guys see what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. and they're and they're they're they'll have like a shock, you know, of of white hair. Uh, on a balding head and it just has it's just this it's this particular look that conveys like i'm old and decrepit but i'm i'm coursing with powerful chi energy or something you know um yeah when they put their hands out like that and they kind of make the claws it kind of remember reminds me of freddy krueger yeah yeah Uh, yeah and 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 also just the music and the way it's you know the the blue lighting and all that stuff it just kind of i don't know i I noticed this with a lot of 90s usha films and this one I kind of saw that, but, uh, but I guess there's also humor in this movie. Like this one, you know, has a few humorous moments. I don't know if you guys picked up on it or not. Cause they kind of, are, 
I think they're with a few exceptions, they tend to be kind of brief. But did you find any of the humor worked for you, or was it all flat? I didn't. Nothing stood out to me. Like I, yeah, I, I, I knew the the loads of bits which were, which were quite lighthearted, like the soccer scene, uh, the football scene, as we say in the UK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the and then when he showed up in the final fight scene as well, that was like. Uh, what did you think of that, by the way? Because that was kind of like right out of left field. So just just to paint the scene for people, there's a character that we're introduced to early on who's just called Prince Cha, and he's just hanging out at um at the at the Happy Forest headquarters for some reason, um, and he's 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 playing like an old like type of football game uh, with a bunch of pretty maidens basically, and he just seems like this frivolous you know joyous character who's having a good time. And then he shows up at the end of the movie, and it turns out he's been like a spy the whole time, and he's been watching the mass, the, the 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 head of uh of 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 the uh of the of the Happy Forest, and and he and he helps them deal with them. So, but like I don't know, what did you guys think of that? I thought he was going to have a different role in the movie. I thought it was it was going to co- um make more conflict in the um lover's square Mm. i thought it was going to end up being some kind of pentagon or something because the way they shot that scene with him following michelle uh michelle's character around the until she entered into the the chamber with the eunuch i thought you know that the way that they shot it he was like kind of romantically interested in her but he she would have nothing to do with him because she was already interested in someone else. So I thought they were going to play that angle. And then you like never see him again. And then he was forgotten. And then all of a sudden this ball comes into the, the final fight. And you're like, oh, he's back. That was the weird thing about it. Like he's gone. Like you, you see him that way. And, and, and it's, it, there's even a moment where it looks like she exchanges a glance with him. And so I thought that maybe, you know, the two of them would get together by the end. But, uh, but but he's just you know they they never address him again until the very last scene and it's kind of like one of the, it's like it's it's like a gag it it feels like it's a deli- it feels like it's done for humor because it's like oh this guy that you you thought that we were never going to reintroduce we've suddenly introduced again and he's uh and he's like he's figured it all out um but and there but, was w- one part in the final fight where i actually laughed when you know he's kicking the soccer ball at him and the eunuch actually hits it with his head and it makes his boing sound, but it's like a metal boing sound. He was like, oh, that's not the real ball. The real ball's here. That's a metal one, duh, kind of like thing. And that was the only humor I got out of the whole movie. Well, there was also the um, uh, the son of the other clan leader, of the, the Elvis Choi uh oh, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. And, and he looked like um the son from what was the movie was it executioners from not executioners from shaolin do i have the title right um one of the yeah one yeah, of the, yeah with chen kwan tai and yeah. um the, yeah the son I think with the ex- funny outfit and the, and the two little like buns ponytails at the top yeah he, he looked like they were trying to kind of make him look like that guy and uh and he was just this like useless son of the sect leader uh and there was that scene where, you know, the, the, his, his father's reprimanding him and he's talking to one of his father's henchmen 
and the and the henchman addresses him and he and he says no call me by my martial nickname and i forget what the martial nickname was but it was like this long sort of name that he clearly didn't earn and nobody you know nobody was using it except for him um so there was that scene too oh and when he threw up on his father's shoes after getting drunk <laughs> because he lost some kind of bet yeah yeah i know that that was there was that too i i found those kind of amusing i think um and there was also the scenes in the uh, in the homestead in the forest where when uh, when Ko is with uh, with Butterfly and 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 they're kind of getting a little bit catty with each other um, because they're both. They're I, both... I wouldn't say just a little bit catty. Like they were no. outright hostile to each other. <laughs> but they're but but they're doing it with smiles on their faces the whole time. So it's kind of one of those scenes where it's like there was a little bit of a veneer of politeness, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. Uh, they, they were basically like smiling and telling each other to go f themselves, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed those scenes. I thought those were fun. I liked how she kept uh, getting her name wrong, Butterfly, and oh, Big Bubble Bee instead yeah. of Butterfly, and no. she spit out the food once she figured out, found out that um, Butterfly had made it, stuff like that. No, that that's what, one of the nice things when you have like a, a language or a culture where you have nicknames like that is you can kind of play, like it leaves a lot of room for for playing around with that. So her she keep calling her B or or Bumblebee uh, was was uh, was pretty amusing, I thought. Um, and I also I also just liked Michelle Yeoh's character's whole disposition towards her, just just the way that she was, um, uh, you know, like. She, 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 the way that she would critique her food, and uh, you know all the little, the little details of that. Yeah, like, like you know, we've said this already, but I do think that the, the character dynamic is one of the better parts of the movie. Um, yeah, I know you, you, you did a bit more focus on the sort of the, the choreography and the the fight scenes and the special techniques and stuff like that, but the, I, I do think like the. The, the interplay between the characters was what the most important thing like not even necessarily like what happens to them it's just the way they interacted with each other was yeah. uh, was about a stellar part of the movie I thought so no I mean it definitely and that was one of my notes actually um, uh, when I and also that's the intro to the movie kind of makes clear sort of love is the focus um, but I, I did have a note that the love triangle was very effective um and and I and I, I think I think it was you know largely due to the uh, the sort of chemistry with um, Tony Lung and Michelle Yeoh there, uh, where uh, not chemistry chemistry might be the wrong word, but sort of her having being the person who's longing for him and him being the one who's you know d- disinterested. It, uh, I thought that I thought that they both good enough actors that it worked really well, um, and uh, I I guess I guess another. Uh, point of this movie that is is worth raising too is uh, this is one of the few movies where I like I think maybe that maybe in Holy Weapon I'm not sure but I don't but I you don't typically see Michelle Yeoh in sort of the like full wuxia regalia like this like this is like the full on like purple robe like like real costumey type wuxia and uh, and and even when I've seen her in wuxia movies she often has more. Uh, I don't know, just like more standard clothing, if that makes sense. Um, Cleaner, less flowy type stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
this this movie she was definitely more feminine and more flowy and more graceful yeah yeah because in a lot of her movies she's a little bit almost a little bit masculine and in, uh, in well, she, she she tends to be heroic, right? Uh, yeah. I, I'd say like her, her other sort of roles, like she has a very heroic persona, which uh, she dresses the part for that as well. But here she's, which which doesn't make sense. Like she's more of a, a politician, courtesan type thing, intriguing in the background. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, she obviously has formidable fighting skills as well. But um, she seems to be the person who's dealing with the imperial court and like working on plots and intrigue. Which, I guess, her character design here what works for the plot. So the way she's dressed and her actions and the way she's speaking as well is very sort of um, courtesan-like, right? So mm-hmm. I think- and in, in Killer Clans, her character is like the she runs a brothel basically. I think that was you know that's why I think it was called the the Happy Forest. If uh, I don't remember the name in Killer Clans, but um, but the. Uh, in this movie, I feel like they kind. Of, it was a little unclear exactly what her. Uh, do you, Do you think she was meant to be a courtesan in this in this movie? I she could very well be um, a brothel owner. Like she's got that sort of character archetype. Like so, it's just the way she acts and dress. She was dressed like that. That's even though, even if they were never very clear about what she was actually doing. Like that sounds perfectly plausible. Yeah, because even her martial arts in this it was all about turning like like soft things into hard things like the um like the fabric do you know what I mean she had like, mm-hmm. like like it was that that style of of wuxia martial arts and and i think that um you know that it's so it all kind of felt like a very like like you say it was all very feminine and, and normally you know you know she she's like you said she's got more heroic sort of powerful style so so her her fight scenes to me almost were more um you know it was it was it, it, not not a waste of her talent. It's just that they used her talent differently. Like you didn't get to see as much. Like in some of her movies, you get to see her do all these amazing kung fu moves and things like that. And here, it's all more suggestive of her internal power than anything else. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't feel like I felt. I felt like she was almost shot more the way that they would shoot Bridget Lynn in a movie. No, I I agree with that. Um... She was definitely more of, I don't know if I would use courtesan so much. I'm not exactly sure what term to use, but she was definitely not the strong heroic type that she usually is. But I think, because even in the the flashback scenes when they were showing them as young kids, she didn't seem to be the most forceful one. She was the one that surrounded herself with the forceful um, kids that she knew that had the power and um, could do the fighting really well, that she could train up to be kind of like her muscle. So that you could see she was training to be a leader there, yeah. but more of a... Um, mindful leader in that she using more of her brain power than more of her physical skill. Yeah. She's definitely a plotter. And I think that's the thing that really makes it in keeping with the killer clans is the, is the sort of scheming aspect of it and the, the leadership aspect of it. What did you, what did you guys think of the, of the backstory scenes? Cause they do kind of jump right into those flashbacks 
I mean, you figure it out, you know, once, once, you know, once it becomes clear, but did, did you think those scenes worked? Were they confusing? Was there any parts of them you didn't like? I thought it was going to be much darker um, than it turned out to be. Like, a few of the times, like, where I think that maybe they did accidentally, or accidentally, but, like, they maybe they actually kill uh, uh, Michelle's character's father, for example, or they were going to stab the sleeping martial artist on the road type of thing. Like, I... I if it, you know, if this is a Gulong story, then that's perfectly plausible that these kids could turn out to to, to be uh, murdering from a very young age, right? Well, and those scenes were interesting, like the scene where they take the sword from the swordsman. It, it the music to that, it was like the music that you see in a movie like Goonies or something at the very beginning when the kids are just doing stupid kid things and being, you know, it's like this jovial music. Um, but it felt really weird because they were like. They were stealing a guy's sword, and then like real fighting was happening. Do you know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 then you know, and the scene where they, uh, where where they where they burn the place down. Do you know, like like that was you know another one like the one you, you were talking about. Um, and even the umbrella scene where, uh, what was the what was the uh, the, uh, um, the kid with the candy, uh, you know, sprays them with water on, and then they beat him up, and then. And then he gets Ko to come after them. And it's like a, it's like gang warfare, but among like eight year olds. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, but it's deceptively, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's sort of like you said, like, like it, I, I feel like it actually is dark, even though it's not presented in a dark way because it's, still kind of. Just because the, the implications are there. This yeah. is the sort of stuff that we get up to. <laughs> yeah yeah these i mean these are not i mean and then and then when we next see you know like not when we next see them but but then in 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 their adult life they're like killers do you know what i mean they're like uh you know um but they're righteous killers and well are they are are they righteous killers like how 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 much evidence do we have that these are righteous killers i'm not saying that i believe they're righteous killers i believe that they believe that themselves that they were righteous killers okay um I think that, well, I don't know. Ko, she just seems to be, she wants the man and she wants to be on top of the martial arts world no matter how she gets there. Um, So, but the others, even though they're following her lead, I think that she fills them with something that makes them feel like they're doing the right thing. And so therefore they think that they are righteous killers that they're taking down the bad elements in the world. I, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Because oh, I, I, I see that as like, to me, it's like a personal loyalty thing, which feels more like the mafia or, um, you know, like a, like gang type stuff. Do you know what I mean? It feels more like, like um, they're, I guess they're like honorable in that like they have personal loyalty to her. But I don't. It didn't feel to me like there was any, there was no just cause underneath everything they were doing. It was the the th- the thing that made what they were doing right was that they were all on the same side. Um, but I don't know. I mean, so so that, so I, I guess that would be a point in favor of it, you know, being in line with the source material. Um, I don't know, Kenny. What did you think? Sorry, what was that? Well, what did you think about whether these were righteous killers or not? Were these? Did they seem righteous to you, or did they seem 
you know, gangster-like? What was your take on them? I don't know. I feel like they, they everyone they seemed very desensitized to the killing. Like, um, Tony Lennon's character was always all smiles and stuff, and he's always like, happily going back to his new wife. And, you know, he, he seemed perfectly at ease and at peace with what, what, what he, he does, right? Um, and I don't... I think, like, in, in this sort of setting, I don't think anyone believes that they are righteous or not. It's just whether they're alive or dead kind of thing. Like, you know, if they succeed, then they're then they're fine. Like, um, like Donnie Yen's character was just like, well, if I lose my arm, I lose my arm, I'm an assassin. That's my... that Them's the breaks, right? Well, also, <laughs> he, was, very... he was using that to get affection from Ko as well because she would nurse him back to health whenever he yeah. was injured. So... He, he was kind. Of, I think. I think. I think there was also like a ulterior motive with some of his um, some of his injuries that he, he sustained. Yeah. But, so I, I feel like every, just everybody there is just like, well, they they accept that they kill people, and that's basically it. Whether it's right or wrong, they don't want to think about it, kind of thing. They don't really consider. It. I mean, maybe maybe Michelle um, Yeoh's character Co thinks about it a little bit more because she's the one who's doing it but ultimately like she's just after the wealth and the the chance to be the leader of the martial world kind of thing right so from that point of view i'd say that maybe she is straying on the evil side of things um but the people who help her just help her because they grew up with her and you know they, they, they view her as like a pillar of support and the elder sister kind of character where they just exist to help her kind of thing yeah no, and I think that backstory is is that's where the backstory really works because it makes their relationships all make sense. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I I I guess I I I, uh, I, I feel like it's 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 one of the interesting things you mentioned to me was the uh, was the Tony Lung character who's kind of just this happy smiling guy, but. We're, we're sort of told in the movie that he wants to leave the martial world. He's sort of he's supposed to be sick of the killing, right? And he wants to just be in in love with with Butterfly. Um, but in in the original Killer Clans, the guy who who who's doing that and is in love with Butterfly and ultimately decides to leave the martial world, you kind of get the sense from his personality that that's that he that he doesn't enjoy the killing. I I I I almost saw the Tony Lung character. This is similar to the Joker character in um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Do you know what I mean? Like, he he's sort of, uh, like, like it feels like he's holding everything in, in the world at arm's length, and he's not really engaging with any of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, like I feel like his, his smile and, and his lightness or his lightheartedness is just this thing that allows him to have distance from people. If that makes sense, mm. uh, maybe I'm off the mark because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. Like I, I'm just and, and yeah, on the other hand, I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, it's just just standard '90s Hong Kong martial arts movies where everybody's weirdly lighthearted, no matter what sort of atrocities that's, are happening around. That's true. Them. That's true. But but it's it, but Tony Lung is like a really good actor too. So I feel like like I feel like with him. I don't know, like, if if he's if he's supposed to be playing a character who's longing for love, like it's written all over his face. Do you know what I mean? And and here I I I only saw traces of that once in a while. I didn't, you know, for the most part he seemed to be kind of a, a jokester type guy, 
Do you, you know? Well, I saw that when he was with Butterfly, he that's when he was his lighthearted, jovial, in love self. But when he had to go out in the world and do his job, he wasn't he wasn't that character at all. I mean, he was able to me separate his two worlds, but he just wanted to get the, this last mission, the killing, over with so he could return to the little happy treehouse abode in the in the woods with his wife. It's just, he just had this one mission to get through and then to find that his um, former friend that was sent out on a mission that he knew nothing about just pops up. Mm. You could see the concern in his face, like, where are you coming from? What have you been doing all this time? And then to feel... I think he felt betrayed by Ko by her not telling them that she was still alive and out there, even though it would have jeopardized the, the mission. But yeah, I think he just wanted that part of his life to be over. No, I, I agree that he felt betrayed by her. And I think he also felt like it was a particularly humiliating mission that he, that she sent her on as well. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I did like though, the the way that they laid the groundwork for him identifying her with that scene where she gets cut with the hook and then when uh-huh. he, then when he finds her in the field and her uh, I think he fires an arrow at her with the intent of of cutting that part of her shirt so he can see whether she has that mark but I thought that was kind of a cool connective point there um, I think another thing that when I was watching it this time one thing I really did notice that I hadn't noticed before was how well the film contrasts the martial world with like the for lack of a better word like the home world like the world of 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 love and the house and the and and the dinner table and how you know it's you're constantly going back and forth between this homestead in the forest and the martial world and there's even a lot of parallels like i remember there's one scene where the uh the elvis Choi character is unfurling this really long message that I think is sent from like his superior or something. I can't remember, but it's like a ridiculously long scroll with a long message on it. And then in the scene in the forest, uh, Tony Lung's character writes a similar type of message to Joey Wong's character to butterfly. Uh, Um, Don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of, cause they were both like, they really looked very similar. So I felt like I was supposed to be noticing that there were these two objects in both locations that were identical. Um, and so I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just felt that it was a, a kind of a nice contrast to, to the way that the film handled that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're, we're, we're coming up on the, on the 40 minute mark. So uh, any, any other thoughts on the film before we start to wrap this up? I don't want to miss anything. We know. didn't mention Donnie Yen at all. Okay, well, let's get into that. Then. Let's 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 talk about Donnie Yen because I thought it was a different kind of character to be drunken in love with someone you can't have. I think thought he played it very well, and I wish he had found someone else in the movie to love. But um, yeah, I thought he was really good in that character. It was just complete opposite of the strong masculine character that's the martial hero that you're used to seeing it was a nice contrast to the normal yeah i i i like him in this one i mean he's always good as you know in the in terms of the martial arts 
but this is kind of interesting like you're saying because he's um again the character is sort of this shattered man who just is uh uh He's he's just basically slowly sacrificing his body for love is what it seems like. Like he's just, you know, you know, getting wounded. Uh, he doesn't, you know, and he, and he has no real. Uh, there's even a moment where to, it almost seems like there's something developing between him and Butterfly at a certain point. Do you know what I mean? When like when they're spending a lot of time together, and I always found mm-hmm. that pretty. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Like it doesn't really go anywhere. So maybe we're not meant to read into it too much i thought it was a cute brother sister kind of relationship i mean it was a little flirty but like you said it never really goes anywhere yeah but but i thought that she like when the way well there were two things that made me wonder number one joey wong's character really like when she flirt when she's kind of flirting with him it seemed uh, like flirt the kind of flirtation that leads somewhere do you know what i mean and 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 also there was that scene where when she tells Ko she's pregnant, Ko says, oh, are you sure it's, um, what's his name, Sing? Was that uh, Tony Lung's character's name? Yeah. Yeah. She says, are you sure it's Sing's? And, and she turns around in a huff and she says, I was just joking. Why are you reacting so seriously? And it was just maybe Ko teasing her, but it also planted the seed in my mind of, oh, maybe maybe it isn't Sing's you know child um so between those two things i was i was anticipating maybe there would be like a an additional uh complication to the love story but but like you said it didn't really go anywhere um also there was um the way donnie yen was dressed was kind of the way that his his character in killer clans was dressed in completely black with little white here and there showing. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's the only thing I do remember. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the the character in the killer clans movie also, he similarly had sort of the disheveled type hair. Yes. uh, Um, who was the actor who played him? He, he he was real. That guy was really good. I thought that guy really, um, carried the movie. Uh, at least that part of the movie. He just had this, he just was sort of the perfect, um, uh, I don't know, uh, just broken swordsman, um, and uh, and yeah, so I, so yeah, I, I but I thought Donnie Yen was uh, was 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 quite good here. I thought I thought that the scenes with him and Joey Wong worked really well. Um, but yeah, I don't know any any other thoughts, uh, any any um, you know anything that you guys think we didn't cover that we should have. I think we have gone through just about everything. Um, I mean, have we, we, we haven't really mentioned much. We, we sort of touched on the choreography stuff, but um, was there anything that stood out to you in particular that was that's noteworthy or something we should mention? I mean, I mean, just the stuff that I I, I talked about, just how like um, you know the like i said like the use of of the sort of the unfurling of the fabrics and all that stuff with the robes i i quite like that and and again the killer clans is a cho yuen movie and and he kind of is known for just like he loves having his characters in beautiful robes so it feels really fitting to have the michelle yo character wearing robes like that and using the robes in this way that you wouldn't have really been able to quite do in an old shaw brothers movie at least not in the same way um and so I thought I thought that worked. I loved 
I love. I just love the fact that when the movie opens, it's it's immediately you know men in the air flying you know like breakneck speed horizontally across the sky, and you you just kind of know exactly what sort of movie it is. Um, and I and I like that there are a lot of characters who really have sort of extensive leaping and spinning attacks, and you know just, so it, it had a lot of the a lot of the fight stuff I loved. I thought the fight stuff was great, and I thought the effects for the fights were great. My only complaint would be. Sometimes the way the camera angles were set up and the way the editing was done, you you lost track of some of what was going on occasionally. Yeah, I was also going to say that the editing um, made the fight scenes a bit jumpy for me because it did cut from seemingly like unrelated sequences from one shot to another, and it was really hard to get a sense of a flow in the combat sometimes. Like... Um, yeah, there's one scene where they're fighting in the forest, uh, and bamboo's flying everywhere, and, like, things are going left and right on the screen, and people are sort of going up and down, and you're just like, I'm, I had no idea what was going on until, like, they, until the main characters sort of land down and make a cool pose, and you're like, okay, so they've killed everyone. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think that's, that is the case. It was, it, it's it's shot in the style of a lot of the movies from that era, but this one in particular, just the something about it feels a little bit harder to keep track of. Like I like I feel like I know what they were going for, but it just didn't land as well as say it did in Swordsman Two or something like that. Like a movie film like that, it works great, but but, but yeah, there were there were a lot of moments where I was like, I know I'm watching Donnie Yen, but I don't feel like I'm watching Donnie Yen. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm missing movements that i know he must be doing and it's because the camera's kind of the way it's edited i think just the way that they're sort of you know jumping around from angle to angle and uh and so yeah you kind of you kind of lose sight of things a little bit um but yeah so i guess are we next i think next week are we doing the movie supreme swordsman is that our uh is that our film for next week no i don't remember um, I'm looking at our calendar and it says Supreme Swordsman, so I'm assuming that there's at least a chance that's our movie for next week. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, but uh, but but yeah, so uh, we'll double check it after the podcast. But we're probably going to be back with Supreme Swordsman, and again, people can check out our our Patreon page. Um, we'll post a link. Uh, you know, you don't have to, but it's I mean, it is helpful to us. You know, we've been able to. Uh, to to procure movies when we need to for people. Uh, sometimes things are on Amazon Prime. Sometimes they are not, um, and so that just makes it easier. Sometimes people's mics break and things like that happen. So it's it's particularly useful for that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so so I don't know. Any any closing thoughts before we head out, guys? Or are we all set to go? I'm good. I'm good too. All right, all right. So we'll be back on and. Uh, also coming up, uh, me and Joel are going to be doing Wuxia Workshop, and we're going to be talking about the movie uh, Duel to the Death. And I think tomorrow or the next day, me and Adam will wrap up our Doctor Who for this season. So until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.